Hello, I'm Ziggy, Jordan's sound engineer. You will be hearing from him shortly. In this episode, we will be hearing from Derek, his name has been changed for the show, an immigrant and a young American. His story will help us explore the humanity of a new age in America. You're listening to, The Smart Stories. We all have immigrant stories. If you were born here, maybe you don't, but I'm sure most of us have parents that do. So I wanted to hear Derek's story. How did he come to this country? Why? How did this all begin for him? I graduated from high school. Um, my dad was looking for the best place for me to be, which we decided that going to be U.S. And I've been applying online for his school. I applied for maybe three schools. Mysa College, um, and some other schools in Mississippi. Yeah, Mississippi. So Andrews was the first school that I applied for, and then literally like maybe four or five days after, they reply and then they say you are accepted, and I received some scholarship. So my dad would say why not, and my uncle said it's a good school because it's located in a small town, so I'll be out of trouble at least and he doesn't want me to be too exposed and especially big cities can be actually like really hard especially for newcomers in the u.s so i picked up andrews and i've been going with them they gave me advisor i talked to them daily basic daily basis and after a while they told me yeah they sent me a form which is like a government form that I can apply for my visa. It's it's called I-20. So that form is literally like allowing you and it can represent you as a student. So I took that form to the embassy, applied for my visa, and it took me almost four months for me to get approved from the embassy. And I came here a little bit late, um, January 13, 2013. That's the day I came to the U.S. And my first entry was uh, from uh, New York. To this country. So that's how Derek got into this country. And remember, we're calling him Derek to keep his identity safe. So I know it's odd to name someone Derek that has this accent, but that had me thinking, why is that even odd? You know, I think we're really we're doing a really good job breaking stereotypes and expectations here. And I'm proud of me and I'm proud of you too for being <laughs> comfortable and along with this ride. So it's important to know that Derek has no criminal record up to this point, and I still believe to this day, still has no criminal charges on his record. So that's important to remember because what happens next takes a very interesting turn, especially in our current political climate. What happened is um, when I came here, my dad used to work for the United Nations. Um, he been working on it for 25 years. Uh, he sent me here so he collapsed and pay my tuition. But after when I came here, he got a little bit older, and you know my brothers are going through situation. I got a, I got six brothers back home, so the financial situation got tighter in 2016. And as he lost his job, um, it was hard for him to cover all six because my brothers, some of them are in Canada, some of them are in we. Oh, everybody's into like different countries. So it was really hard for him to pay my tuition. 
So at that time, I had to fight on my own, basically. I decided to take a year off, but as immigrant, you're not supposed to do it. You can't take a year off. You can take a semester off, but not a year. But after a while, I got recovered because, of course, I looked for scholarships around. I was in, I looked for money around, and I ended up getting some finance. So people were financing me. They gave me a scholarship, and I ended up coming back to this school. Mm, on my fourth year, um, last that's the, which is last semester actually, uh, I came back again. But unfortunately, my beak was too big for me to come back to this school because they say at least I have to cover 100% of my bills. And I couldn't cover it because that's a lot of money. And I told them I don't I can't do it. But they said, no, uh, if you can't cover it, then we're going to ask you to just, you know, wait until you cover 100% of your bills because we can't add on your bill. You cannot be able to pay it. And if you don't pay it, you won't get your diploma, which is a clear uh, message to me. So for me, I was just like, I'm going to do the same thing again. Maybe take a semester off, work, get stuff done, and then maybe I can come back to school next semester. And then, but at this time, it was bad because my passport was expiring in November, November 8th. That's the date that my passport expired. But before that, I applied already for a citizenship paper, which, which is called, is a form I-485. It's adjustment status um, of the government. I applied, I got accepted, my papers were in process. And then at the end, they asked me to bring my passport in so they can stamp it in. But unfortunately, my passport expired. Uh, that same week that they requested for it. I called my family back home. I didn't have money to make any trip or pay for a passport. So I called my family back home. I told them, hey, listen, I need money so I can have a trip and get stuff done because I'm going through this scenario right now. But my dad took so long in order to send me that money, and I don't have a passport, so I can't even receive money in the U.S. So when he sent it for the first time, it didn't work because they refused to accept my expired passport, and I can't get any other kind of ID in the U.S. with uh, being an immigrant. So I'm like, okay. Uh, I called my dad again. I said, can he send the money to another guy, which is an African brother too, um, and he sent the money to the guy, and the guy gave me the money which is the 14th of January this year. And then when I received the money, I finally found the money for the passport, so I'm going to go renew my passport so I can get my citizenship like right. Traveling on my way to Washington, D.C., where my embassy is, a train, I took the train. The train arrived to the city of Toledo in Ohio. I saw 10 border patrols. Derek saw several Border Patrol officers on his way to Ohio. For me, it's that they're looking for a criminal. They arrested a Jamaican guy. The guy was going off on them. And I was sitting down, and I saw a, a guy came to me. He said, hey, are you a U.S. citizen? I'm like, no, sir. How did you end up here? I'm like, I came under F1 visa. I've been going to school. He said, are you a student? I was like, yeah said, can you give me your name and birth, birthday? He took a computer, typing on it. He noticed it. He said, hey, uh, did you know that your I-20 got terminated? I was like, yes, but I'm here under the I-94. 
and I also apply for another citizenship that is on in procedure. So therefore, they asked me to not leave. I can just wait for my papers from here. I just have to renew my passport so I can get my citizenship. He said, well, uh, the new policy, which I didn't know about it, saying that you have to have all your papers. If your papers are in procedure, that's when your papers are in procedure, but you will not accept it in the U.S. Did you know about that? I was like, no, I didn't know nothing about such thing because I live in a small town and we don't share immigration, things like that. They said, yeah, I mean, it's all right. Uh, I'm going to take you to a detention center for two days. You talk to a lady and ICE, they call them ICE, Immigration and Citizen Enforcement. Talk to them and then if you convince them, they will let you go in two days. I was like, okay. Uh, we can do that and then they handcuffed me they took me in the van they took me into their seat checking out my background if I have a criminal uh, background or anything they searched it they didn't find nothing at that point the officer asked me he wanted to transfer me to the jail and then he asked me to put my hands up I was like why he said no put your hands up we're going to put your handcuff and then we're going to take you to jail I was like, but I don't have no criminal thing, so why you just handcuff me? Just gonna take me in the car and take me to jail. At this point, he said, okay. He took a chain, he put it on my neck, on my leg, and on my arm. I was like, why are you doing this? He said, you're too tall for you to be in the back of the car. We're scared that you're going to knock the door out of your leg. I'm like, this is not right. I never show any sign of aggressiveness, so you cannot do that. He said, well, we decide what we can do and what we cannot do. I said, all right. Let's go. He took me in the car, um, driving for two hours. Of course, handcuffed like this. I told him I was hungry. The officer went inside the store and bought some bananas. Literally outside of the holy store. It's bananas that he got. I'm not, you know, I'm not sensitive to racism stuff. I never, my background family never get exposed to it. So, of course, I would never show my tear to those such kind of thing. So I edit. I throw it back to him. He said, don't do that. I was like, you don't do this because this is not right. He took me inside the jail and one of the officers told him, like, no, why he tied me like this? And he couldn't answer. He just said, oh, it's because he's tall. We scared of him. I was like, it's all right. As long as I get the tent took off. And then they kept me with my wife beater and my basketball shirt. It was cold, of course. It was super cold. I was sitting down there waiting for my case. They showed me a short video about my rights or not. They kept me in a small, uh, like, outside cell for a week without no blanket, nothing. So I was just in the cold. After a while, they transferred me to my cell, which is the H block in Seneca County Jail. Uh, I request for a cell phone number. I, I call my friends and they. I request for a lawyer. Okay, let's pause here for a moment. It seems that a lot of things went on in a very quick amount of time. And I feel like that simply 
a big issue from detained to having chains around your neck to being fed a banana. These are literal ways that a person is being treated by our own law enforcement. These immigrants, this issue of immigration, it wears a human face. But are we treating these people with humanity? They gave me a number for lawyer, free lawyers that can work with me at no cost of the government. But those lawyers never pick up their phone call. Every single person I, I was raised, like in the cell, we are 105 people and none of them got hold on those lawyers. I called my friends and they started to look for lawyers and stuff. It was hard to make phone calls first because it costs a lot of money. And to eat, you have to get commissary because they do like breakfast at 5 a.m. And then lunch at 11. And then at 2, 3, we got dinner. So after, after 8, you will, of course, be hungry. And their food are not good food for you to be holding on. So Kayla and, I, and my friend sent me some money at least for me to like survive. I mean, I've been buying stuff off commissary, but their things are just like so expensive because a cup of noodle costs a dollar and thirty nine, and the store outside is twenty nine cents. So they're making money behind people, and I talked to the ICE uh, the next day. The lady told me, "Oh no, yeah, you have to get a lawyer. You have to see a judge in order to be released." And I asked them, "How fast can I see a judge?" They told me. Three to four weeks. And ask every single person they said, how long have you been here? Six months, seven months, eight months. I was like, why? We trying to see a judge. We trying to fight our case. They give us 30,000, 50,000 bond. We can't get out from here with that amount of money. I was like, but we're not criminals. And we, they mixed us up with residents from here, those people that actually are criminals. They are in the same cellar with us, and we just mix up. I keep making phone calls. After a while, I was desperate. Uh, at this point, the only thing that left is prayer. I started to pray by myself. I started to organize like a Bible studying thing. It was a number of three, four people coming. We talk, we read the verses, and we share. That's where the things start to be interesting. And after a while, people keep joining it because we just keep talking, and then it take it wastes more time. And at the same time, it's like people start to get used to it. Every day at 3, at 12, we kind of pray together. And then before we sit, we pray together. Uh, I kept reading Bible verses, especially the one that say, Knock and he'll open. Search and you'll get it. Those I never read Bible verses like that. I mean, I'm not like a Christian, Christian person because uh, of my environment, of course. So I I started doing Bible verses in the jail. And this might sound crazy, but things got better after that. Because the next day, I had my first court date on the 7th. I'm supposed to be released that day on the 7th. But when we came to see the judge with my lawyer, my file was empty. Even though he sent certain papers in, they never received anything on my file. So the judge told me, okay, we can't do nothing today. We're going to have to postpone your case. And I was like, how fast is it? can you postpone? They say three weeks after. I already been here for four weeks. 
why am I having three hard a week? The judge is like, okay, we're going to try to bring it down. I'm like, I'm trying to go back to his school so I can finish every school. They said, we're going to bring it down to 26th of March, which is two weeks and maybe five days. I'm like, I can't do this. I talked to my lawyer. He said, okay, we're going we're gonna to request for like an earlier date. The judge is like, the next time that we can give it to you, the least least is the 22nd. I'm glad that this happened because my prayer had been answered. The judge that's supposed to judge me that day was a bad judge. He gave everybody 20000 and over, which those people have the same case as me. So I could have received 20000 bound. I was mad in myself saying, why is this happening to me? Why am I still here? I'm supposed to get out today. But calling my friends, getting frustrated, my family wasn't helping. I called them multiple times, no money, nothing, and I started to run out of money. The desperation came back, but I kept doing the Bible study with the people, praying for them, and every day it just like things get better and the interesting part is the day that I'm supposed to see the judge on the 22nd the 22nd the judge is supposed to judge me that morning they brought a judge from New York that judge was 10 times better than the other judge so when I present my case because somebody before me got 3,500 and his case is worse than mine so I started, I was talking to the judge. I was like, here's my story, how I end up in the U.S. and where I enter and stuff. And he said, you don't have nothing as a criminal record, so why did I arrest you? Because I was just in the train. And then the prosecutor was like, no, it's a regular routine for us. You know, the prosecutor, his job is just, he's the government side, so he just wants me to go home, period. And my country, of course, you know, we got a lot of things going on there. So now the visa to come back to the U.S. is almost impossible. I told the judge here what's going on. And my lawyer was there. My lawyer started to explain here. He 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 has ties in his school. His people really like him. He's not a criminal. He got nothing. So he therefore he requests for the lowest bond possible. The judge looked at me, looked at the file, looked at me again. He said, I'm sorry about what's going on, man. But how much can you pay for bond? He asked me, so it's my choice. My lawyer is like, okay, we'll go to cost for 1500 if it's possible. The judge asked the prosecutor, how much do you want to bond as a bond for this guy? The prosecutor is like, 10000 The judge is like, why are you asking 10000 when he told you he's a student? He's not a worker. We can't work in the U.S. What am I going to get $10,000? Uh, the prosecutor said, okay, 5000 The judge looked at my file, shook his head. He said, man, can you afford 2500 I was like, whatever you give to me, the lowest possible is the better. But whatever you guys give, at this point, I got nothing else to say. I mean, I'm blessed still because 2500 is better than 25000 Say, okay, we're going to give you 2500 I was like, thank you. My lawyer asked them to switch my case because Ohio, their policy is kind of tough. So they switched my case to Detroit. 
and I get out, the twenty five hundred should be hard for me to pay because I got no money. I got zero dollar in my bank account at that point. I came in the cell. First thing I did, I took off my shoes, sit on my knee, thanking God to pulling me out from this situation, for giving me the lowest bond possible. And that's the lowest bond that nobody got before me. So everybody came around me, hey, how much did you get as a bond? 2500 Nobody believed in me. They're just like, no, he's lying. How can he get 2500 when we get 25000 I can hear people saying that because they don't care, of course. And this ice lady came and said, hey, when you pay the 2500 you're going to reflect on your bill. And and then they were right there. So they hear the lady saying, and that's when they said, he really get 2500 And then the lady was like, so, because the, my, my, my lawyer told the judge that I, I, I play basketball for my school. So they said, oh, he, might, he must be a basketball player from Michigan State. I was like, no, don't, <laughs> don't say that. And suddenly I don't, I, but for me, it is still a struggle because I have to fight and get the 2,500, first of all. And I don't know where I'm going to get it from. If my family wasn't helping, I don't know who's going to give me 2,500, not a student. We're coming up at the end of our story here, and let's just look at a few things that have happened so far. One, I think it's very interesting that a person that has not been convicted of a crime is sharing the same space as those that have been convicted of crimes and are serving time by way of our justice system. And I do believe that this is simply a failure of our justice system. Those that have not been convicted should not be treated as if they have been. Also, it seems like the amount of bond that is usually imposed on those that have been in prison due to immigration issues is an amount that certainly is way too high for, I would say, the average immigrant to pay for any of us to pay. So it seems like the game is rigged for immigrants to lose before they even start playing. I call my friends again. I was like, hey, listen, my bond is 2500 I thank God that they gave me a bond, actually, to get out from this situation. But I don't know how to pay. They say they got another friend that said he's going to pay for my bond because the bond, they always pay it back because it's actually like borrowing money until I go back to court and they pay it back. But that guy disappeared. So what are we going to get it from? 500 I don't know. I sit down, I pray two seconds. I call my friends back. I should not call them back, but something was pushing me to call them back. I call, and then somehow they get another source of money. They were with that person, which mainly is a school. And I was like, hey. Um, and then the school responsible was like, hey, what's going on? I was like, nothing much. I just got my bond today. I'm tired. My back was hurting me. I start to have skin tags, and it's just a lot going on. So I say, okay, do you want this bill to be on your on your school bill? Even though I have a high bond, uh, bill on my school, I didn't. I wasn't expecting it, and I was like, yeah, yeah. 
if you can, please. <laughs> and it's good. I was like, okay, we're going to give that money to your friends today. And it will be released today. I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you. And literally, I'm not going to lie. It, I lay down my bed. It's like everything feel like heaven. I called my friends. I was like, did you guys pay it? Because at this point, I just tried to rush them so I can finish. They say, no, we're going to pay it tomorrow. But in order to pay it, you have to go to an immigration court to pay it. So they have to go all the way to Chicago to pay it for me to get out. So for them to get to Chicago, it's going to be a complication. There's no right and stuff. And it was snowing a lot here. So they just prefer sending the money to another friend in, uh, in Chicago so the friend can go pay. They pay the bond. The next day, I was sitting down... My heart is still jumping, of course, after 12, because after 3, you can't get out from the jail. So after 12, 32, they still didn't release me. I was like, man, I'm going to stay here until Monday. But I'm not too yuri because I know even I get out on Monday, it's better than nothing. On At 3.15, a guy came, a police officer, he said, are you Minami? I was like, yeah. He said, are you free? I was like, I couldn't believe in it. I was like, am I really free? He said, yeah, pack up. I packed the cover that I had because I only have a cover, some books that I was reading, the Bible that I had. I packed it up really quick. Gabriel put it back. He said, yeah, uh, the ice is going to come pick you up. And then, can you, do you have a ride? I was like, no. He said, you have to call a taxi. Call a taxi. Mm coming out from there so the taxi took me to Toledo where the uh, bus station is I took a bus from there Detroit Detroit I came back and what's crazy about all this literally two days after when I get out which is Monday uh, the Supreme Court took a decision that they won't give bond to any immigrant in jail unless uh, you have your papers that's our episode thank you so much Derek for telling your story and thank you all for tuning in once again to the smart stories new and adapted we'll see you next month for part two of young americans stay smart is jordan gone okay if you're still here then i'm going to sing a song that i've been practicing i'm not the best singer but here it goes daylight I wake up feeling like you won't play right. I used to know, but now that stuff don't feel right. It made me put away my pride. So long. You made a man wait for some, so long. You make it hard for boy like that to go on. I'm wishing I could make this mine, oh. If you want it, yeah. You can have it, oh, oh, oh. If you need it, ooh. We can make it, oh. If you want it, you can have it. But stay woke. They be creepin'. They gone find you. Gone catch you sleepin'. Oh. Now stay woke.